Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we're talking about the final doctor in our Four Doctors mini-series which is Dr. Happiness, because I'm happy. That's our uh, theme tune, isn't it? Yeah, coincidentally, that's our intro song. And Dr. Happy is the chief physician. See how it's all linked, Dan? We're quite good at this, aren't we? Like, it's all, you know, we hadn't even realised that. Yeah, we'd think we, like, we knew what we were talking about or something. <laughs> You'd think you? this was a plan, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Part of the cosmic plan. Yeah. So Dr. Happiness is the chief physician. He is the one that all of the other doctors kind of hinge on, really, isn't he, Dan? Or she? Yeah, he or she. So this is the doctor which I like to think is that kind of the overseer of your life, I would say. Mm. It's more of like a philosophical approach, whereas the other three doctors have been very kind of practical tips on movement, uh, the way you rest, the way you nourish yourself. This one's more of a values the way you live your life, the way you want to live your legacy. And like you said there, if you're living an unhappy life and you're not following your kind of why you were put here on earth, then being nourished correctly, getting good rest and getting good movement almost become meaningless. But mm. you don't, it doesn't mean you don't have to do them. That's going to make you healthy. But you can be healthy and unhappy. So they have to make the distinction. But really, you should be doing both and you should be in alignment. Mm-hmm. So today in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot, well, a lot about alignment. What is happiness, and um, how do you find if you how do you find happiness? It's not yeah. where you think, is it? It's not in like kind of money and yeah, what we've been uh, taught in the Western world. Yeah, yeah. There's we will make a distinction between success and happiness. That's often where people get misled. Yeah, but, and it's going to be a very quote heavy podcast because because it's obviously a, a philosophical subject that normally comes with some ancient wisdom which we like in we, embo- we embody yeah. we channeling it down aren't we done from the universe our that first part of this i'm going to say our body is an antenna so we need to channel from the universe so you need to look after your antenna which is your body yeah even things like posture yeah and the, a lot of the ancient cultures talk about the chakra system if you align the chakra system, mm-hmm. then you become a better antenna and you receive messages a little bit clearer. It's like when you all of a sudden become healthy or you get out of, or you, I know you start pursuing your, your passions and things like that. And that whole synchronicity, that's, that kind of comes into the whole alignment field as well. Opportunities start arising where before they never seem to, if you start living in alignment with what you think you were mm. put on this earth to do, that's just kind of a, a big green flag to say well yeah you're on the right path keep doing what you're doing this is happy this is happiness this is what life is meant to look like it's not meant the to universe, be a challenge all the time the universe conspires to make it happen that's what uh paolo coelho have you read the alchemist that's such a good book and uh that's what that's all about the universe conspiring to make it happen for you when you're living in alignment so, yeah, and that's sorry, and that's and that's not yeah. not to say hard times don't come or there's no challenges, but those challenges challenges become part of your growth, and you see yourself as if you can overcome them when you are living a life of purpose, 
It's mm. kind of the difference between just hard labor and a labor of love. You're willing to go through some shit times if you're doing it for a bigger purpose and you think this is what you were here to do. But if you're just living day to day and you're not doing something you enjoy, those challenges seem insurmountable and mm. you don't even want to try and conquer them because you think it's, there's no point because you're unhappy anyway. Yeah. So how do you find out what your happiness is? Um, so one of my coaches, Warren, asked a really good question the other day in one of our coaching sessions. And it was, what needs to die before you grow? And that's kind of a deep question, isn't it? But we should be constantly asking ourselves this when every time we reach a crossroads or we feel stuck, what needs to die to move us on? Yeah, you have to let go of the the previous you or your previous thoughts or values yeah. to to move on to again what you want to become. I've I've kind of heard a similar quote or a similar question, not a question, but a way of thinking of it is that you cannot find happiness in the same place where you lost it. Mm. So if you have addictions that are ruining your life, like alcohol or cigarettes, you cannot then I don't know celebrate with your friends by having a drink and and mm. getting into that bad habit again. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, so yeah, help, say, help for someone, say for someone who has a problem with drinking, for instance, yes, they would, they would drink maybe on an evening and feel like crap the next day. Mm-hmm. And then the only way they're going to get happy again is by drinking. But the reason they were unhappy during the day is because they were rough off the drink. So you cannot find the happiness by the same place, by which drinking. has caused you to lose it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just that cycle, you get into a vicious cycle. And the drinking isn't where they think that that's what makes them happy, but it isn't. It's, a vicious cycle of mm. self uh, itself non-awareness as well it's probably a better word than non-awareness but unawareness um because you have to become for dr happy you have to become really self-aware and self um warren calls it self-mastery mm. and you know really analyze what is it that where do you want to go in life like in our check system, it's the top of the tree, isn't it? One, one love. What is your one love? What is your one dream? Where do you want to go with your life? And um, another quote Paul says, Paul Check says, if you aren't happy, you're going to be stressed. So stressed is, you know, we all, we've all been there. I've been there. I've been in the corporate job and I knew I wasn't happy. You try and do all the other stuff. But essentially, if you're still working in a job that's soul destroying, like you say, it's not. You're never going to be happy. I knew that. I had to get out of there before it made me really sick. And you've had the same as well, haven't you? Yeah. What normally happens there is because there's a lot of money and and opportunities in corporate jobs, which uh, which are fine for some people. We're not saying mm-hmm. that, that that's bad for everyone, but for for some people that doesn't suit them. But there's normally there's normally money. There's normally opportunity, um, security. There's a lot, lot of advantages. But if you're unhappy while you're doing it, you normally try to use that money to buy a better car, fancier holiday and material things to give you that short burst of of what you think is happiness to try and cover up the deep underlying unfulfillment that your career mm. has given you. Because your career is a big part of your life. You spend a lot of the your hours doing it. So he's, I've got another quote coming up. Here we go. Go on then. It's so, bursting forth. Happiness does not flash, it glows. Okay, yeah. So if you're buying kind of short-term, if you're doing short-term things to make you happy, 
like even things like food. So you go from sugar hit to sugar hit, from coffee to coffee, from alcohol to alcohol, mm. to, to buying a car, to retail therapy. Those are just kind of short spikes, lots of short spikes all the time to cover up the fact that you're not living in fulfillment with your values and living a happy life. People who are really fulfilled, they don't have these extreme highs and lows. They just kind of that steady glow of happiness. And that's, I like to think about that way. That's a good one. Mm. And I often think that people like I've witnessed this and felt it myself as well, to a certain degree that when you're in these kind of corporate jobs, I work for governments or I had two maternity leaves on there, you know, good holiday pay, good sick pay, all of that stuff. And it's like a, it's an entrapment. It's a, it's a mesh that they're holding you there with your pension. People always go, oh, you can't. So many people said to me when I said I was leaving, like, you, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to set up my own business. And they're like, well, what about your pension? <laughs> like, well, what about my pension? And, um, you know, it's still there. But, yeah, people, like, have this thing. And it's it's because we've got these Victorian values, haven't we, that you work all your life and then you retire and you live this, happy utopia but you've worked for it there is james clear says don't aim for retirement aim for a happy lifestyle like i can't like a lot of my friends now are starting to go oh my pension i can't retire i've got another five years on my pension and i'm thinking i don't actually i don't have a job that i want to retire from i can't imagine me ever retiring you know like i don't even like on holidays and stuff i don't feel that when i used to have to go back to work you know that Monday feeling that Sunday feeling I don't get that I'm ready to come back you know I miss being working yeah I think if you're interested in your career then it should be a lifetime of learning and especially in the field of kind of yeah we're in kind of the health industry there's there's so much which is unknown or so much kind of self-mastery which lasts an entire lifetime and there's never going to be people who you can't help you could be yeah 80 90 years old and you've got so much wisdom in you that you always want to help people and and give the gift you might not be as active as you used to be but to live a life where you you're just counting down the days to your retirement and then you retire and you never even think about your colleague uh, your co-workers or that field of of job you're in that must be pretty it just seems like a waste of your time to to work for 40 50 years then to just never think about what you've done again because you hated it there's got to be something more more to that Um, more to it yeah so what is that what is your dream what you want to do like you can i'm living proof that you can step off this whole like my friends you know when i talk to my best mates and they're all in you know one works for the nhs the other one works for a university and they're all like and i'm like they're just waiting for their you know, their retirement, <laughs> they're just plodding along. And I'm like, what do you want to do with your lives? And they're like, well, we're just quite happy. I, like, I just, I don't know. It's a different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they could be happy, though. Like, they, yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're really happy. happy. They're happy doing yeah, their thing. Course. And, like, yeah. I was just, I think I'm now unemployable because I don't think I could have anybody telling me what to do. I think but some people who, they, they will be unhappy in their lives, but denial comes in as well. Some people... Like you say you might you might genuinely genuinely be unaware and unconscious mm. to the fact that you're not doing something that you love, but some people are aware, but then they're in denial, and mm. that's that's very distressing because you you're fighting with yourself, you're going against your core values all the time, and again though it's not easy sometimes with career wise to break 
So you, mm-hmm. you might have a huge mortgage. You might have people dependent on you. And it, it's not easy. But if it's just destroying your soul, then it's kind of what's... Well, it's not easy. No, it's not by any stretch, but it's worth it eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's if you, like you say, challenges come along, but if it's a labor of love, you can feel yourself overcoming those challenges and growing as a result. Yeah. And and given the world, the gift that you, everyone has, but it gets suppressed. Yeah. So um, a couple of quotes for you, Dan. You are the evidence of your work. Mm, I like this one. You mentioned that before we came on air. That's that, a good what, one, isn't it? What springs to mind there is, I might have made this up or I've kind of put it together myself from other quotes. Your brain or your thought, your dominant thoughts and your values are like a software program. And then mm-hmm. your literal physical body is like a printer. Mm-hmm. So whatever software you put into the printer prints out what you think. So if, if your software and your values think that eating shit and smoking and going to bed late is that's your value then that print is going to print out a shit looking picture which is an unhealthy body yeah so, that's right yeah it's, yeah yeah totally that's totally right and i've got another one from paul take responsibility to learn and listen and to take action from action comes wisdom and that's kind of similar as well because from you can read all of the books on health that you want like anything you can read about boxing but until you've actually been in the ring and got punched in the face you don't know (laughs) how that feels or how to duck and dive and do all the stuff that needs to be done so you've actually got to take action on all the wisdom otherwise it's just pointless yeah that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom you can be book smart but wisdom is having done it learn the mistakes yourself and then you can impart wisdom on people, not just knowledge. Like you say, you kind of learn to swim from a book. <laughs> you have to jump in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is true. So um, let's talk a little bit about values, personal values, because this is where happiness comes from, right? From your values. And um, I was just reading Paul Check's book, <laughs> as always, how Bible, hail, hail to the Paul Check, right? <laughs> and um, he says there's three types of values. They are personal, professional, and relationship. They're the main ones that we would have. And how do you align with what is important in each of those things? Like, how do you communicate to your partner and stuff like that? That's part of your relationship values. Uh, your personal values, like... For me, it's always to have a bit of fun and have a laugh. And, you know, if it's not fun, I don't do it. So when I stop this podcast, I'll be like, right, Dan, this is not fun anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. No, I'm only joking. So, and then professional, like how, like, oh my goodness, I have been working on professional, but this is an example, right? Of how your values will uh, create happiness. So for what, how long have I been teaching now? I've been teaching around six years full time. And in, back in the day, I would teach, anybody asked me to teach a class, I'd teach a class anywhere. Anybody wanted to lessons, I'd give them lessons. I would be running around, literally. I hardly saw anyone. I'd just be driving all over the county doing stuff. And then I thought, no, this is not the way, this is not making me happy. And then I started to say, right, I'll only do like one-to-one sessions in my studio. So I'm not flying around then I stopped all classes outside of my studio so that I'm always there so now I don't travel anywhere then like I get people who come along who I just know are not going to be the right kind of clients you you know what I mean so now I don't take on people like that (laughs) 
<laughs> I was just talking to a client the other day and I was saying, I'm actually taking quality over quantity now. And I'm only taking on people who pay for a 12-week program, not hitty-bitty, I'll just come in a couple of weeks' time. You know, you pay up front. I need that commitment from you. And for, unfortunately for most people, the most commitment and motivation comes from money. So that's kind of like my professional boundaries uh, have really strengthened up, but that's just through learning. And now I'm a lot happier because I'm not running around all the countryside and I've got good, really good clients who I enjoy teaching. Yeah, that's going to work out better for you and better for the client as well. Because if you, it might sound harsh, not taking on people who you think aren't a good fit, but if you've got a good feeling that it's not a good fit, it's not going to be good for the client either. They're better off going to see someone who they respond to better. Mm -hmm. And if if you ask people to to pay up front for a, a longer package, that means that they're just, if they do sign up, that you know their level of commitment is high. Yeah. And we've mentioned it before, when people pay, they pay attention. So mm-hmm. you know if someone's got a high level of commitment, they're willing to pay up front, they're willing to do 12 weeks, your chances of success are going to be skyrocketed compared to someone who's just kind of half in, half out. Yeah. So it works for both both people involved. Yeah, so that's those are like my professional boundaries. I like what makes me happy in um, only taking on clients who I feel like gut instinct is good, that got a commitment so then that makes me much happier so same do the same things with your personal boundaries what what do you want to include is your health important like for both of us our health is important so we'd always need to make time for exercising and getting good quality nutrition in and you know that whole and it's all about self-reflection and like for example I'll give you an example so I've been working with Lee on my diet because I know that my diet was the one area that I didn't really pay much attention to. Well, I thought I ate all right, but really probably it wasn't really affected my skin. So Lee's now making me record every single thing that I ate. Then two hours later, I've got to do a chart of how it makes me feel. Do I feel hungry? Do I feel like I've got a craving? And it's a right pain in the ass doing it, honestly. But if you're working with someone who's really knows what they're doing, you're not going to not do it, are you? Because it would be just a waste of time. Like, I, you know, you'll get people the same. who You give them homework and they don't do it. And then you just you just end up teaching them the same lesson each time, don't you? Because you, they're not actually taking action on what you say. So therefore, they're not getting their own wisdom. So they're not actually growing. You're both just going through the motions. Yeah. And, so, and you, then you give them less of yourself because you think well yeah because you just think well why why do I bother telling them what to do they're not listening so yeah so I've been doing that with with Lee and it is a right pain in the ass um, it's not easy to do but actually the insights that are coming from it and I've lost five inches off my waist (laughs) and um, um, yeah my skin's starting to clear up as well which is bonus so it works you know and it's that whole self-auditing um self-evaluation all the stuff that you do in your business as well like we audit our businesses we evaluate it we should be doing it with ourselves down to the ninth degree on everything like what actually makes us happy what's fueling us what movement makes us happy like if you don't like running then don't run you know if it's not making you happy then don't do it find something else exactly if you say that self-audit that self-reflection people you hang around with relationships you're in if they're making you unhappy it's best to, it can be difficult to get out of those situations, but mm. it's going to be worth your while. Like you, you said, your your values, you have to get clear on your values and then you can change your life accordingly. 
like an example for me, like you said, we both value health and movement mm. in my kind of previous career didn't involve any movement at all. And I, I really value health. Even back then I knew I valued health. Mm. There was no movement. I used to sit all day. I would have to work night shifts, which would affect mood. It would affect health. And before I learned about health, I just knew this was bad. So I had to get out of it and mm. I've never looked back. As another example, if this, this isn't me, but if you, um, you'll have relationship values as well. And if your values don't align with each other, then it's going to be distressing. So if you, again, going back to health, if you value your health, but your partner smokes and has takeaways and doesn't exercise, there's going to be turmoil and there's, you're going to clash heads and that's going to, that's almost going to create more stress than, I know, like passive smoking or not doing exercise. That low level stress being in fight or flight all the time, it's just going to sap your energy and take away your health. And as life goes on, it's harder to regain your health. So do it while you're young, but it does re- require some, some hard conversations. There's definitely challenges and a lot of kind of deep self-reflection, which can be quite daunting as well. Yeah. Self-mastery. Um, you can only inspire, care for and encourage those around you as much as you can honor yourself. So if you're yeah. not honoring yourself, then you can't teach that to the world or you can't influence or encourage those around you. Yeah, there's, there's like, and there's, we've already mentioned quite a few quotes, but there's millions about that. It's like, live it, then teach it. Like Paul says, you are a boomerang. Whatever you give out comes back. You kind of, you kind of expect someone to, as a, a, for instance, as a health coach to be really healthy and eat healthy and move all the time. If you're not doing it yourself. Then yeah. That's you, what it's you, like. Sometimes when you go to the doctors and they don't look very healthy, the doctor, and they're telling you to like eat healthy foods. And I think, well, you it's, know. Hip, it's hypocritical, isn't it? Yeah. Last time I went to the doctors, he says, well, you know more about than this about me. <laughs> yeah. About nutrition. I was like, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've been in the doctors before and he was sat eating uh, uh, what's those sweets, refreshers. He had a bag of yeah. refreshers on the table and he was he was pretty overweight. And this is when I was just getting into kind of the whole holistic health thing. And I just remember thinking, even back then, like that doesn't really <laughs> <make much laughs> doesn't sit well, does it? I know they used to give people cigarettes back in the, was it the 60s well, or the 70s yeah, yeah. in the doctor's office. So it's like, yeah, um, I've got another quote for you. Your inner environment reflects your outer environment. So if you're insidely, insidely, I'm good at making up words today, aren't I? That's a new inside, one. Inside, if inside you're happy, then that reflects outside as well. And yeah, you are a reflection of your own work. So if your work, like our work, is to be healthy and live a holistic and healthy lifestyle so that we can influence others, if people turned up to see us and we were like, oh, you're a strength coach and couldn't lift up a dumbbell and I'm a Pilates coach and couldn't bend over and touch me toes... Not to say that like the it's not to, it's not about being like stick thin or anything like that. It's about being good oh, at no. it, 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 being an an example of your work. Yeah, because everyone has genetic potential as well. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't mean because you're good at something you have to teach it either. So yeah. Usain Bolt's the fastest man on the planet. He might be a terrible coach, but his genetics just dictated that he's really really fast and he, he put the work in. Yeah. Um, you can be a strength coach, but doesn't mean you have to be the world's strongest man. You just exactly. understand how to teach people how to reach their potential, but it's you have like, to be able to do it yourself to some degree. Yeah, it's like football coaches, the managers, they're not always the best footballers, are they? No, they yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. They know all about management. So um, happiness, 
what does happiness look like? So I would say um, living by your values, definitely. Always um, a, a feeling of nourishment and being valued by those around you. Um, and there's nothing worse is the when you're putting stuff out and you think, God, nobody's actually listening to this. Or mm. um, like our podcast when we first started. <laughs> like, is anyone actually going to listen to us? Yeah. <laughs> um, and a deep sense of personal fulfillment, like personal growth and and not even just growth, but like, are you helping others? That's always a big thing, isn't it, for happiness? Yeah, for me, that that word fulfillment always kind of that's uh, that just kind of rises up in me when you talk about happiness, and it's having that kind of intrigue and curiosity, and curiosity, and enjoying the mystery of life, and always wanting to learn and experience. If every day is just the same, and you're waiting for retirement, to to me, that is not happiness. I'd rather never retire and work the rest of my life, but be constantly intrigued and and learning and experiencing life and not just waiting for life to come to you when you're 67. Like yeah. it's, you know, do you know what I mean? It's exactly right. I was listening to a, um, a geriatric doctor on a podcast and the, the, they were asking her what, um, what she was like, was the key to longevity. And she said, squats, <laughs> being hmm. able to do squats. Like I get up and out of a chair on and off the toilet that keeping that hinge strong the hip hinge yeah and she said curiosity for life and she said the people who have the curiosity for life and are always wanting to learn about stuff even well into their 90s and hundreds and still interested in life she says they're the ones who live the longest those are the ones who the ones who don't have any interest in anything else other than like coronation street or something they're they're the ones who feel most unfulfilled yeah i, I totally understand that I think it was the Native American medicine doctors, uh, the the shamans, when mm. people were suffering with ill health, they used to ask them five questions. Um, was it when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? And there was a few other ones, and the final question was when did you stop? W- when did you stop being intrigued by the mystery of life? And they yeah. could figure out when that stopped. That's when they became ill. Yeah. When did you stop knowing the getting comfort from silence? Was another one. Mm, yeah that's good and that's what we've spoke about it's that self-reflection being stillness what, you need to have time for stillness yeah exactly like paul says you need to sit under a big tree for a long time <laughs> yeah because some people are just running around like headless chickens all the time and doing this and they're doing that and doing the other but when do they actually sit down and reflect like um i'm working with warren and he's making us carve time out every day for stillness mm yeah and, uh, make them like a, i think warren does a modern routine of, yeah like a ritual he calls yeah, it yeah 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 so well, routines and rituals are different things yeah warren's a ritualistic <laughs> dude i imagine <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of quite scary working with these huge coaches but it's good oh god yeah learning from masters is like such a privilege as well oh totally yeah, yeah. you know only like yeah and you're going to do what they tell you to do because it's like otherwise the, it's pointless yeah that these opportunities don't come along too often do you, do you know what i mean like i went to to see paul check in oxford and that was the last time he was in the uk and i was probably wasn't aware of how much i didn't know <laughs> until i went to see him <laughs> i thought yeah. the opportunities there I, I was intrigued and i thought these opportunities don't come along so you do have to embrace them yeah exactly so when you get an opportunity to work with a a great coach oh me and dan 
because we don't just take on any old customers nowadays, do we, Dan? <laughs> no, <selective. laughs> and, um, so then take that opportunity and, and think about, really dig deep about what actually you want out of life, what makes you happy, and find out what it is and do more of it. Yeah, for me to finish with, like kind of on a quote, we, I think we both like this one. It is happiness and success are not the same. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is mm-hmm. wanting what you get. I've been a victim of this as well. We think happiness and success are the same thing, but it's not. Success can be, you can be really successful, but really unhappy. You can be the highest earner in your business, just doing what other people tell you all the time. And you essentially, you're successful. You have lots of money. You might have the fanciest car and the biggest house, but you could be mm. so deeply unfulfilled. But the key is to be happy. The two different things. Because once you get a car, there's always a better car. Once you get a house, there's a bigger house. So that's success and happiness that you have to differentiate the difference between the two. Yeah. Like, um, what was that comedian guy, Robin, Robin Williams? Mm. You know, he's like top comedian in the world and got the world at his feet and still deeply unhappy. Yeah. Success does not equal happiness. Yeah. It's just that underlying stress of not doing something which you love or living a lie. Yeah. is, is, Is a killer really. Interesting. And then, of course, Hippocrates. Have we said this one? That Are you willing to give up the things that make you sick? Yeah, I think you said that, yeah, but you didn't mention it was Hippocrates. I think you, oh, mentioned, I I think, I think you said it was a Jill Robinson original. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was Hippocrates. I won't nick off the old master. So, um, yeah, so that's happiness. The key to it all, really. The number one, one love, one vision. Was, I might start singing. It was a queen. queen. <laughs> From Hippocrates to Queen. <laughs> Hippocrates to Freddie Mercury. You only hear it on this podcast, Gan. <laughs> I think that's a good way to finish. Exactly. So those are our four doctors of health, Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Happiness. And if you can get all of those in into your life, pretty good. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of a an overview of things that, that make you healthy. It might, it seems like oversimplified when you just say you've got these four doctors inside of you, but it's just eating right and drinking right, resting correctly, getting plenty of movement, which you enjoy, and then finding out what makes you happy and doing more of that. Mm. And if it's movement and eating healthy and um, sleep, then that's great. Yeah. And I think one of the keys to happiness as well is kind of whatever you learn, pay it forward as well. That's kind of deep fulfillment. If you've been through a challenge and learned, like each one teach one. That's another quote off the top of my head. Because that, that that leaves you feeling happiness as well. But you know you're helping somebody and that's kind of that community feel. That's that's really important to me as well. I think that's why you probably as well, you you always feel compelled to teach. Mm-hmm. Whenever I get interested in a new subject, literally like anything, and I find a passion for it, I think, I wonder if I could teach people that. It's just something <laughs> in me, which is like a yeah. And it teacher, yes, I'll be there with my drum next, teaching drumming. Well, yeah, do you find out though you've you've been drumming and that's your latest fashion? <laughs> no, your latest passion. Sorry, do you feel as though I think I wonder if I could teach this to people? I think all I think is like I wonder how many people drum and if they'd like to come and sit and listen to me drumming. <laughs> oh, there's a community of people out there, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm gonna go find a community of drummers and get drumming. Yeah, and it's weird how like synchronicity works, like you me and you were talking about drumming i've been to like a sound bath and the drum was my favorite instrument <laughs> when yeah. i was there and i've been to a bloody music shop and 
played drums and stuff but uh, I think I'll be joining you on the whole yeah, drum purchase. Yeah, we're so. gonna get so maybe we should do a podcast on drumming and the actual um, benefits of it because it's actually quite interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, maybe do that next. Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed our four doctors. You can find our podcast, of course, on Podbean, my website, organicpilates.co.uk, um, iTunes, Spotify, around the place. So please. Um, do spread the love, share the love, not spread the love, <laughs> share it. <laughs> and if there's anybody who you think would enjoy this, please pass the pod. Yep, great. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you for another episode soon. Bye.